You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. The weather in recent weeks um, has given us a lot of cloudy, overcast days, hasn't it? In fact, there's some days it looks, you look up in the sky, it looks like there's just one huge cloud up there, just, just this front or just this massive cloud. But any of you who've ever been on a plane, you, you know that that's not the way clouds are. It's not like there's one big cloud. They're actually layers and columns and pillars. And when you actually are up there, um, it's fascinating to see how they're structured and how some are real thin and layered and some are thick and round. And they're not fun to fly through. Um, but it's a fascinating to watch and to see what's, what's happening up there in the sky. When, but when you're down in the ground, again, it looks like just this one flat surface, just one cloud that's out there. So how you actually perceive clouds really depends upon your location or your proximity to them. Where are you in relationship to the clouds? From a distance, they look one way, but if you're right in the middle of them, they'll look very different. Well, the book of Judges is a lot like a cloud or the clouds. From a distance, as you read through the book, it's one big chaotic mess. It really is. There's a 300-year period, approximately 300 years, give or take a couple decades, um, of the, this period of the judges. So between the time the Israelites entered the promised land, you know, they left Egypt, wandered for 40 years, they're now in the promised land, until the time King Saul comes. It's about a 300-year period that's marked as kind of like the dark ages of, of Hebrew history. The entire nation was characterized by a spirit of rebellion. That was what was happening during that time. The Game of Thrones series has nothing on the book of Judges. Um, Now, I didn't actually watch the series. I've heard about it. I've seen clips. But um, seriously, there is, and in this this book, there's mass murder. People killing members of their own family for the sake of power. A father sacrificing his own daughter. All kinds of things. And what we see here is that people turn their back on God. And so so then another people group, another army, another nation nearby takes and oppresses them and subdues them and conquers them. And that can go on for a decade or two. The people finally come to their senses. They repent to God and say, God, we've made a mistake and we repent. And God will raise up a judge or deliverer who will then help them fight off or ward off the oppressors. And things are going, will go great as long as that particular judge remains alive. Seems like the day after that judge dies that they forget and they kind of, the cycle repeats itself. In fact, remember um, in January, we did a a, a short little series on uh, Gideon, uh, another one of the judges earlier on in the book. In fact, the Bible says this in uh, uh, Judges, in this account of Gideon, says, during Gideon's lifetime, the land had peace for 40 years. No sooner had Gideon died than the Israelites again prostituted themselves to the Baals. They set up Baal Berit as their God and did not remember the Lord, their God, who had rescued them from the hands of all their enemies on every side. The book of Judges accounts, there's, there's 11 different judges who are identified in the book, and the pattern is the same for each and every one of them. And then, again, from a distance, the book of Judges is just one big chaotic mess. It really is uh, some interesting reading, but it is, it's, it's messy. 
And then we come to chapter 13, and we're introduced to the last judge in the book, and that is the person of Samson. And uh, some of you have uh, remember the story from your earlier years. Um, so the next three weeks, we're going to look at Samson, and today we're going to take kind of the 30,000-foot view. We're going to look at it from the distance and get a sense for what's happening within the book. In the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll go fly a little lower and see what's happening with Sam and Samson. Um, but we're going to actually read a few verses from J- uh, Judges chapter 13, verses 1 through 5, so you can follow along in the screen, or if you want to follow along on your own um, device or your Bible, whatever, have Judges 13, verses 1 through 5. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are sterile and childless, but you're going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink and that you do not eat anything unclean because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, set apart to God from birth, and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for the life that we find in it, and the lessons, and Lord, we encounter you. We see you and how you relate Uh, to your people and how you've called your people and chosen them and walked with them. And uh, Lord, the relationship you have is, becomes very evident um, as we read through scripture. Lord, today, um, in the next few minutes, as we uh, dig a little deeper into this story of Samson, I ask God for insight and wisdom. Lord, that each of us, Father, would hear what we need to hear this morning. And uh, Father, I commit this time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we come to Judges, it's important to remember that the Bible as a whole is the story, it's God's story. It's the story of God and, and God's redemptive plan for humanity. It's how God has chosen to reveal himself to us. So the, the Bible is God's story in its entirety. The book of Judges is but one act in that story, just like a play. So you've got one act in the story. Samson is one character in that one act of God's story. So the, the story of Samson is actually really the story of God. It's the story of God's mercy and grace acting on behalf of his people. We'll see that Samson never lived up to his potential and calling, yet God was at work through flawed humanity to bring deliverance. Aren't you glad that God's deliverance or God's activity isn't contingent upon our being perfect? And our being right. And that's not the way God works. So how do we see God at work, even in those five verses? We haven't really learned anything about Samson and Hope, but just in what we've read here, what we know what God is planning, what do we see about God and his story here? A few things that we see. One, we see God's judgment. God is used and will use uncomfortable circumstances to capture people's attention and turn their hearts to him. Now, the word there that's used is actually the word delivered. So God delivered the Israelites to the Philistines. What it's actually saying is there, God withdrew his protection. He's saying, all right, so you want to live life on your own terms? You want to do things your own way? You don't think I'm of any help? Okay, 
So it's not as if God in, inflicted things on them. What he did because of their rebellion, he withdrew his protection from them. Very big difference. Now let's be clear that um, sometimes we get this idea um, that if bad things happen to us, God's judging us, that we're being punished for something. Um, I want to be very clear that the Israelites knew what they were doing. This was willful disobedience on their part. They knew the difference between right and wrong, and they knew that what was happening was a result of their behavior. You and I, if you're ever wondering, why is this happening to me? Just by virtue of asking that question, it's not you. Sometimes life happens. And sometimes God is working through circumstances to accomplish something different and better. What I don't want us to think is just because something bad happens to us that that is God is judging us because that's not what is always happening. Do not automatically think that that's what God is doing. Sometimes God wants to work through our adversity and sometimes, I think sometimes life happens and we have to work through that and come to terms and find out what is God doing in the midst of that. But that's very different than thinking that God is somehow punishing us. That's not God's nature and that's not God's posture. Even in this case, God was pun- his form of punishment was withdrawing his protection. So that's one of the things we see right away that for, for 40 years, God withdrew his protection from the Israelites and they were oppressed by the Philistines. The second thing we see here is that God had a plan. God took the initiative and acted in mercy to bring forth a judge or deliverer for his people. While the judgment was due to the sinful actions of the Israelites, the redemption was at the initiative of God. God initiated the redemptive act of providing Samson. Um, you know, it's interesting, and I, I, I hadn't really thought about this until actually I was driving up this morning. So God says, all right, I hear you. I'm going to send a deliverer who's not even born yet. You think about that. So we've got, this, so we've got to wait. 10 months, 40 weeks for him to be born, 20, 30 years for him to grow up and become a man. And for his, so they've already been oppressed for 40 years. Their salvation is going to take another 20 to 30 years on top of that before God's fulfillment. I just think, I mean, if I'm one of the Israelites, it's like, God, there's got to be a better plan. I mean, there's got to be someone like, hey, what about, you know, Joe down the street? Can't he save us? You know, we're thinking about this. So the idea that we now have to continue to wait for 20 to 30 years more for God to provide is one that just, it, for me, it just seems a little counterintuitive. If I'm going to save you, I want to act now. I'm not going to act in 20 to 30 years from now. But that's the way God is sometimes. Sometimes the plans of God are not always obvious. However, we can trust that he always has our best interests in mind. We may not understand what's going on. We may not be able to explain it. We may not have answers. We may not be able to understand what's happening. But we have to come to the place where we can trust that God is working on our behalf, that God has our best interests in mind, and that he is trustworthy. God had a plan for the Israelites, and he has a plan for you and I as well. Third thing we see here is that God had a specific path, or he had a way in which he was going for one of these things to happen. 
God called Samson to the life of a Nazarite in that he would be set apart or different to fulfill God's purpose. It's not easy being different, is it? I don't know whether you're at school, growing up, or in the neighborhood, whether you were shorter than the other kids, taller, thinner, fatter, color, whatever, richer or poorer, when we're different, when we don't feel like we're on the kind of outside looking in, it's not easy. It's very hard. And, you know, we've, we've heard this thing, you know, God's ways are not our ways. While we can understand that consciously, it doesn't make it any, any easier to live it out. It still is a tough way to live life. And, you know, I suspect there's times where Samson's mom, you know, she would have liked to drink, you know, of maybe of alcohol. Or, or maybe, uh, you know, she couldn't eat anything that was unclean, which means no pork. And I bet there was days when she really would have liked to have some slow-cooked pork butt barbecue. You know, but God said, no, this is not for you. You're to do this. And I imagine Samson, as he was getting older and was not able to cut his hair, I mean, Israel, he gets ungodly hot in that part of the world. And there's days where he's just to hack this thing off and just to cool off. I imagine there was days that he wanted to do that. Ironically, those weren't their challenges. As we're going to learn in the next week and the week after that, that the things that, the issues that Samson struggled with were actually not those particular issues. But God was very specific about the path that he called Samson to follow. And he expected Samson to be okay with it. Unless God gives you specific direction or instruction, it's okay to contend with him for a different path than the one you're on. So let me say this. God was very specific to Samson. This is what I want from you. Sometimes we find ourselves in a situation or circumstances that we don't want to be in. And what I guess what I, the, the point here I want to draw is that it's okay to contend with God. To say, God, you know, let's, we need you to intervene. We need you to, to change. We need something. We see this from David in the Old Testament with Paul. Throughout Scripture, we see people calling upon God to change their circumstances. That is living in faith. And I think that's very appropriate. And we're to do that. I think actually we're called to do that until we hear from God when God says very clearly, no, this is what I want. No, this is what needs to happen or this is the way it needs to be. And if God does give you specific insight, if God does speak to your heart, if God does speak to your mind and gives you that sense of this is the way it should be, then it's on us to be able to come to a place where we can, all, we can be okay with it too. Because that's where actually when we can find contentment and peace. There's this, there's this, we talk about God's kingdom being here but not yet. We know that Jesus died for our sins and he's died, that there's healing and there's all these things that are available to us today, but we don't always see them, do we? At least on the time frame we want and we'd like to see things happen differently quite often in life and I think that's part of our walk of faith of wrestling and, and, and interceding and, com- and calling upon God to intervene and Sometimes he does, and sometimes we don't see it in a way that we want. And sometimes we see God's answer, but it looks very different than what we thought it would. So my, we're talking about God's way. If God is really clear and you have certainty in your heart and your mind as to what he's been saying, then that's the path you need to stand and don't veer. Unless you have that certainty, I believe it's on you to call out to God and to see God. Say, God, I need help here. Give me some direction. Give me some sense of what this needs to look like in my life. 
Lastly, we see God's work. God miraculously brought life out of a barren womb so that deliverance might come for his people. God is always at work. Always. God is always at work. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't recognize it, even when we don't deserve it, God is at work on our behalf. And we see all that happening just within these first five verses of Judges chapter 13. Just the way God introduces the story, we see the fact that God does, that there's this idea of his judgment, this idea of his plan, this idea that he does have a way forward, a path, and that he will in fact do a work. You know, it's interesting that there's a number of similarities between the birth of Samson and the birth of Jesus. Both Samson and Jesus, their birth were predicted before they happened. An angel came to the mom and said, you're going to have a son and they're going to be the savior for their people. And both mothers were in positions where they, yeah, I mean, with, with Samson's mom, we don't know her name, but we know that she's, been, that she's unable to have kids. Mary wasn't married and was unable to have kids. Both births were miraculous. Samson and Jesus' birth were God's intervention for those who were oppressed. Very similar um, characteristics about their uh, birth. Samson never completely fulfilled his calling. While, well, and we're going to see that here in the next couple of weeks, what happens while he fell short of realizing what God had called him to do. But Jesus was faithful to his calling. And today there's deliverance and salvation for all people. You know, in many ways, Samson's story is a foreshadowing of the coming of Jesus, a deliverer who would deliver, who would bring true freedom to people. Not from the Philistines, but freedom from sin and death. A deliverer who would bring salvation, not just to the Israelites, but to all people. So today we looked at judges from a distance, from the higher up in the clouds, if you will, get a sense of that. Next week and the week after, we're going to get right down in the middle and we're going to fly around and, and, and take a, a closer look at Samson and and uh, his life and what that might look like uh, for us uh, here today and in the days ahead. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, um, I'm very conscious of the fact that um, you are at work in all of our lives. Uh, Lord, I'm also conscious of the fact that it's quite often that we don't feel it and sense it. And because the circumstances can be so overwhelming, we, uh, sometimes we feel like we're all alone. God, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning who is feeling alone, that they would feel your touch right now. That your Holy Spirit would come alongside of them and indwell them in such a way that they would know that they know that they know that you are with them. Father, you never promised us that we would be able to avoid challenges and adversity. But Lord God, you did promise us that you'd walk with us through it. And so, Father, for those of us who are struggling this morning, my prayer is that you would be faithful to them and that they would find you through their circumstances. Father, through their challenges, they would encounter you in a deeper way. Father, in a way that they never could have experienced you before. Father, in a way that just lets them know 
that even if they don't have the answers, they don't have the solution, they, they can be at peace. Because you, because they are your child and you are their father. Father, we, again, we're just, uh, Lord, indebted to you. We, we're, we live in a time and a season when there's so much uncertainty, upheaval, um, so much emotion, Father, out in our society and our communities today. Father, I pray in the midst of that, we're able to find calm and contentment and peace in you. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Speak to our hearts. Bring calm where there needs to be peace. Father, I pray for those who are in need today that you would provide. Father, I pray and ask that those who need a touch from you, who need healing in their body, would receive it even in this moment. Father, for those who just need a touch from you, that they too again would experience that and feel that. So Lord, I ask and pray that you would hear our prayers, you would hear our hearts. Father, um, if repentance is needed, I, Lord God, we repent of that this day. Lord, hear us and act on our behalf, God, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.